You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am here for deep soul level conversations and connections about spirituality to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath, leave what you know at the door, and step into the mysteries with me. Welcome back to another episode of Grit and Grace, where we are really defining what it means to live this lifetime and to experience change and growth and all of the different emotions that we navigate as spiritual beings having this human experience. And on this show, it's really important to me that we dive into topics that I know are important to you. The questions that you ask and for so many of you that reach out and want to know more about how to support their own soul's evolution. This is my goal and this is what we're here for. And today is going to be for you, for all of you, because I have the amazing Dee Dee Haig back on the show and she has been on the show several times for lots of different topics. And if you've heard her before, you know that she is the expert in living soulful, sensual, and sovereign. And so Dee Dee, my friend, my love, (laughs) welcome back. Thank you. It's always so fun to be with you in this space. And hello to all the listeners out there. And there was some really amazing sessions that we recorded at the beginning of quarantine in 2020. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if, if those of you haven't haven't listened to that or some of the meditations, yeah. there are parts of what you taught all of us, Didi, on that day that I still build into my life now. In fact, it's one of my favorite videos from the year. What was that breathing we were doing? What was this? You know, I loved that so much. It was... Yes, it was fists of anger. If you could see properly, she's like swimming her arms back over her head, like she's swimming backstroke. And that's called fists of anger. And, you know, sometimes we just got a lot of anger in us, you know. I hear people frustrated these days, you know. We're going back, looks like, to at-home schooling and... You know, it's winter time. We're indoors. And so sometimes we just get angry. And so it's good to allow that anger to be. And that's what that meditation is, is, is you allow that anger just to boil up and feel the fuck out of it, you know, and mm. then it shifts and it shifts on its own. And, and it's, it's gorgeous. Um, in what a short amount of time you can do that, but it's really a great practice. And I love that you incorporate that in. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to add yeah. it as a link in the show notes so people can oh, easily great. access great. access yeah. that show because it was it was extremely powerful. And mm. of course, my love, I, I always <laughs> enjoy circling energy with mm. you. I feel like, you know, we have this really great way of connecting our hearts. And, yeah. you know, we're talking today about Akashic Records. And yeah. I'm, I'm this is a topic that I think is so important to so many people because, first of all, I think that even answering the question of what is a soul, yeah. what is an Akashic record, and why do we right. do this work is is right. so important to address. And I know many of you have asked me this because, specifically, <laughs> I have been posting about this on my social media after I had you yeah. do my full session, Didi. It was, oh. like, life-changing. Yeah, <laughs> I posted about it in all kinds of places, oh, and especially on TikTok, and what it felt like to go back. I felt like I went, was able to go back in time and look at the patterns that have reappeared in this life. Yeah, so true. Well, so much there to unpack. Um, let's start with soul. So for me, I don't really necessarily have a definition of what is soul, but I have a sense of like feeling. And I think maybe your listeners will identify more of like, what is soul? For me, soul is infinite. It's expansive. Soul is truth. Soul is essence. It's the essence of who I am, which is deathless. I I mean, I live on beyond this human form. So for me, when we talk about feeling connected to our soul, feeling connected to our soul feels more expansive than constrictive. Feeling aligned to our soul feels um, more solid Um, I often come back to my spine. Like I know when I'm aligned with my soul, I can feel that erectness and connection with my spine. Um, In real practical terms, what I've found in giving Akashic Record readings or soul readings to people is when we're out of alignment with our soul, what does that feel like? 
it can often feel like you're a, a fish swimming upstream against the current, right? It's like fudge, you know, like life feels hard. Damn it, I keep um, doing the same patterns over and over. Um, it feels like something's just not quite right. Wouldn't you say? What's your experience, Tav, of like like not being yeah. aligned? I, I also feel like it's when you're questioning whether or not you're in your purpose, mm-hmm. right? How, yep. I mean, how many of us in this one year of our lives alone yep. have begun to question our purpose? Right. And when you feel like you don't know your purpose or you haven't lived your purpose and life is just passing by and doing mundane things or chasing um, material goods, at some point that question comes up about purpose. And I feel like when your soul is not in alignment, that is a way that you're going to know that it's not because you don't feel like you're living in your purpose or even just standing in your truth. Yeah. Standing in your truth is a big one. Um, there's that little feeling often that happens, I think in our bellies, in our gut, when we know something isn't quite right. Um, and that's usually when we're out of alignment or, um, of, with our soul or our truth. And, um, you know, I was in a marriage for 10 years and it didn't feel right. There was something, and I'm not advocating that everybody gets divorces here, but there were (laughs) aspects of this that I just knew weren't aligned with my soul and what my purpose was, what my truth is here. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's a sense of purpose and there's a sense of truth. Um, and what happens is we grow up with a lot of conditioning and limiting beliefs. And those are the things that when we start um, connecting in with our soul, tend to start falling away. And it's almost like the truth becomes more and more clear. And and let me just say that the living in our truth is not always glorious and beautiful. It's fucking messy sometimes. It means really facing some decisions and making um, some changes in our life that are uncomfortable. But I so love, I so love that you brought that up because it is a common misconception that when we do this work and we become aligned that it's like rainbows and butterflies and fluffy clouds and (laughs) like cotton candy. And yeah, it's not, it's really actually, I I would say that the majority of the time it's, it still takes work. It's not, it's not easy. And yet it's so rewarding and it's so worth it. So I'm not saying that it's not, but it is, it is swirling in things that can feel really uncomfortable at times. Yeah. It's so true. It's not always comfortable and that's okay. What I find in my practice as a coach is a lot of people want to shy away from that discomfort. But the beauty is when we can lean into it and see it and allow it to be there. That is like where the real transformation can happen. Most of us run away from it. We either numb out with, you know, maybe it's alcohol or wine or sex or drugs or, you know, there's an infinitum and, you know, possibilities of the way that we numb out because that facing the discomfort is just not something that we're often taught to do. But we're, we're never taught to do that. Let's be, I mean, we are not taught in in any of our education systems how to embrace. Well, well that's such a bigger conversation. I don't even think we should go down that that level. <laughs> but the truth is, because I was just going to list off like fifteen things, and I'm like, wow. Um, no, the right. truth is, we are not taught at all how to go inward, how to look at things outside of um, outside of mainstreamness. Because, right? I mean, our mainstream media pays for a lot of, you know, high level marketing, corporate capitalist societies and doing the opposite of that is not necessarily supported by people that fund higher education, right? right? Or people that sit on educational boards. And so it's, it's not as if the, it's not as if the information is not available. It's just, it doesn't benefit, you know, a capitalist, you know, materialist, um, patriarchal society to live like that. Right. Free thinking is, um, is a radical act, is a rebellious act, mm-hmm. and that doesn't often pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I so, agree. So I love how we've kind of swirled this around the soul and how yeah. the soul um, impacts our lives. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about what an Akashic record is? Yes, 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 yes. Great question. Thank you. So let's start first with just breaking down the words Akashic records. So Akashic in Sanskrit is a term that's often used for the ethers or the sky. Um, in Bengali and Nepalese, it means sky. In Hinduism, it's um, the basis or essence of all things. And in Buddhism, in some forms of Buddhism, it's translated as infinite space. So what you can get a sense of, of looking at some of these different meanings, is that it is a very expansive space. The Akasha is a space from which all things be, can, can come into form. Um, in... Um, well, okay, so that's Akasha. Let me talk about Kosh. So the Akasha and then Kashik, right? Akasha. K-A-S in Sanskrit means to be visible, to be appear, to um, see. So from this space of the Aka, the Akashic, comes into manifestation. So this is this etheric space where everything is found and formed. <laughs> that makes sense. I know that's really like, whoa. No, but, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And so the Akasha is really just this essence f to me from which all things are formed. Now, it's also interesting, I think, um, because some um, philosophical traditions in um, Hindu religion talk about Ka, K-A-S, as um, sound, which to me is vibration, right? Sound is vibration. So everything's forms out of vibration. Whew. Vibration is really important. Um, so when we talk about records, when we're talking about recording, recording is an actual vibration, right? Um, to record is to imprint a vibration into something. So to me, the Akashic records is just a vibrational field that we can tap into um, now, when we talk about the soul, um, every vibration, I like to think of every vibration our soul has lived and learned is recorded in this space of the ethers. Some people like to liken it to a library of your soul. Some people call it a database of your soul. So for me, the Akasha is really just this energetic field, um, it's just an energetic field of energy, of our divinity, of our soul. And we can all tap into this. Yeah, I love I love that. I love that you described it that way because you went really high level. So people understand this is very um important work. And I'm gonna put it in my terms that how I feel about it is that when Great. I did a one-on-one -on -one session with you, which is available on the moontempleschool.com. Yeah. Um, you know, you are a teacher as a part of the school. Not only yeah. do we have on-demand classes, which we're gonna talk about, but you can do yeah. these readings yeah. for for people. And and yeah. how I look at it is that an Akashic Records reading what you just described was your ability to tap into that energetic field mm -hmm. to pull up where my soul has been in previous lives. Yeah. And in doing so, it was absolutely breathtaking to me that the three examples that you brought to me yeah. are exact situations that I'm living right now in this lifetime. I mean, to a T, it was... I, I can talk and I was I was speechless. Like several times we were talking, I'm like, I have no words. Keep going. I can't talk. Uh, you took my it took my it took my words and my breath away because I, it's it's almost like my body just immediately remembered. Because it was truth. Because right? it was truth. Because it was truth. And so that's the beauty of the records is that when you can step into that space, you remember the truth of who you really are. So a lot of those things come forward. And that's what I often get is people are like, oh my God, you just described this lifetime to me. And that's because that's a soul level truth for you. So it may be something that you're working on again in this lifetime, but it's right. I mean, we could get into a whole other philosophical discussion about I was time just and space, say, oh, no. but, we, but we won't. We 
quote, right? I'm going to try to refrain here from... Okay, our next our next podcast is going to be Navigating Time and Space. I'm writing it down, just so you know, because that sounds amazing. <laughs> exactly. But yes, so that resonated with you because it was a truth, right? It was a soul-level truth for you. Yeah, soul-level truth. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a beautiful place to go to learn about your journey and where you're at and where you're growing to. And, you know, a lot of people come to me for readings when they're confused about their life purpose, um, when they want to know more about um, relationships. A lot of times they'll see themselves repeating patterns and like, what the hell? Like, why can't I stop this pattern? Well, a lot of times um, it will find that pattern in a past lifetimes. And sometimes it's a matter of stuck energy, you know, from a past life. Um, can it also be like the originating incident that created that pattern? Cause I know in my yeah. case, you were able to identify yes. the actual source of the development of the pattern. And so yep. we were able to, you created rituals for me to, yep. um, b- release it at the source. So however totally. many lifetimes it's carried through, yep. that was the brilliant part for me. Cause it's, it's one thing to just identify, yes, I have a pattern. Uh-huh. Yes. I resonate with the truth. Yes. I know I've lived this before, but what the fuck then? <laughs> Totally. Right. That's and and that was a hard F. And for those of you listening, hope you have your earphones on for your little ones. <laughs> I should have said Disclaimer. that. Dee and I like to swear. <laughs> we <Yeah>. do. <laughs> but that's that was that's also the beautiful piece is that if we can identify the pattern, then it's possible to change it. Yep. Totally. Yes. And I just for some reason I want to just put this into the field that this is one ba- one way of coming back to our truth. There are many different ways, and this is just one way that's really landed and um, deeply in me um, and, and um, really helped me along my journey. Um, this connection of my soul, connecting to my soul, is really about remembrance. It's remembrance of who I am um, as an infinite being. It's that constant coming back to that remembrance of my own divinity. And that is the power of the records to me. And again, as I was saying, this is just one way. There's many, so many different ways we can come back to our power, but this is one way that's been particularly um, transformative in my life. Yeah. And it reflects in the work that you do. And, you know, of course it in mystery school, we have lots of different ways people can explore that path. And I you know, right. appreciate that you're saying this is one way and, this is one of the many gifts that you have because you have many gifts. You do lots of different work. Sex, and, intimacy, right? totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how do they intertwine? Mm, for me, it's all about pleasure. The common thread through everything is about pleasure. When we're in connection to our soul, life is more pleasurable. When we are having sex and deep intimacy, we're having more pleasure. My whole thing is how can pleasure be your guide? And so for me, pleasure has come in the form of connecting to my soul, having amazing ecstatic experiences in my body through sex. It's been in claiming my sovereignty in in really knowing when I come into a situation that I can navigate this, that I'm not alone. I am supported. I have this infinite um, level of support in the ethers, right? Masters, teachers, loved ones, guides who are there helping me, um, whether I know it or not. Um, And I also have this earthbound level of support here as well. And so, yeah, that's that sovereignty piece and that confidence that comes from um, me just really tapping into the pleasure yeah. of all of life. Yeah. yeah, Which is all the things. Which is all the things. It's all the things. <laughs> it it's, really the, it's, the, it's the dark parts of us that we keep hidden. It's, there's pleasure in discovering why we do that and growing through it. There is pleasure in the difficulties. And I was just sharing with you before we started to record that, yeah. you know, I have experienced some very significant um, difficulties with a particular spiritual group that I'm involved in. And I know that there are lessons and nuggets in there. 
Yeah. And there is pleasure to be found from growing and learning always. Absolutely. Yes. And and again, I love that you're bringing back into this there it feels like there's a darkness side. And here's the deal is the truth is, you know, my my business used to be called Luminous. What my journey has taught me over the past few years is there is light. But where does light come from? It starts in darkness. <laughs> I actually considered rebranding my company again because I'm a creative genius. I love creativity. I'm calling it Luminous Dark because from the dark comes the light and you can't have one without the other. And so, yes, we have to dive into those shadows, right? We've got to know that I have these pieces of shame um, in me um, and, and it's okay that they're there. And in my freaking job is to love them as much as I love the luminous light parts of it as well. To love them with the ferocity, love all of those shameful dark parts as much as those love and light filled pieces as well. Man, you're talking my language, sister, talking my language. As a priestess (laughs) of the dark, I embrace and I'm very comfortable working in the dark. I'm very comfortable going into dark places with others. Like in my readings and my sessions, we spend a lot of time in the shadows. We spend a lot of time because I know the nuggets are hidden there. I know the pieces of their soul are like blocked and hidden there. And also just removing the fear of the dark. Like that's, (sighs) that's a lot of the work we do. Yeah. When you think about a seed, Taverly, where does a seed come from? It comes from the soil, from the darkness, and it bursts forward, but it starts in the dark. When one of the most um, powerful pieces of work that I've been um, doing these days is womb work. Where do we all come from? Mm -hmm. The dark, a womb, right? So yes, so connecting into that darkness is just as just as important as the light. I love that. I've started a, a post. I haven't posted it yet. And maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be there. But I actually started a post that worded exactly what you just said, which is that seeds are planted in the dark soil. Yeah. And it takes support from all of the elements. It takes the sun. Yep. It takes the water. Yep. Right? Yep. It takes the breath of air to have access to oxygen. Yep. Right? It takes all of these pieces in order to grow into something. And so we are all like seeds. And yep. we we become seeds over and over again. That's the cycle. Totally. Totally. Yep. Yep. I um, had, I hope this isn't too much information, but I had, uh, talking about the womb space, I had a period of time where I went really dark and my womb was bleeding for over a month. Actually, it was mm. longer than that. It was quite a long time. And what I realized is my womb was calling me into the darkness mm. to, to, um, um, to allow new creation to come forward. And so... And you, and you were shedding... Yeah, and I was shedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. layers, like spiritually. Yes. Humanly. Yes, yes. And for me, it was, um, let's see, how do I want to say this? Yeah, it was a deep connection to my body. What I feel like it was <laughs> almost this intersection of human form meets soul, right? Because there's a marriage between the two when our soul decides to incarnate and come into this human form, right? We come in with some say contracts, right? Ideas and things that we're going to learn, lessons that we're going to work on in this lifetime. Um, And so that, for me, that womb space was almost like this um, point in between the two worlds, right? The 3D world and the 5D world. Mm. Do you think that a part of that was the start of a new contract that was just being activated at that particular timeline? Absolutely. Because I feel like a whole load of teachings just began to come through me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so let me ask a question. So do you, yeah. when you do individual sessions, do you find yeah. that a lot of people um, have questions around their places of trauma? Um, sometimes. What I find, it, there's, 
I don't like to create levels. There are some people who are more aware of their traumas than others. Some people aren't even aware that they have traumas. Ah, uh, so right? I guess let me rephrase that question. Yeah. Because a lot of us don't know what we need when we come into a reading. And I know that right. doing readings for people, like what we actually think we're asking for is not what we need. And so it, it all yeah. comes out in the wash, I like to say. Oh, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. It all comes out in the wash. And so what are what are the sort of the, the top areas of focus that most people ask for? Because I know that when we prepare prepare for a session, you asked me some for some, you know, just some insight into the area that I'm looking for insight. Yep. What are some of the key areas that you see across the board for people in this stage of the evolution of our planet that are asking for that, or even just a general idea? And I'm asking that because I know that a lot of people have questions right now that are listening. I yep. know their minds are going to, oh, well, I wonder if if this experience in my life is accessible or, or this experience, or if this, this can be resolved or questioned, or this pattern can be um, brought into our conversation. So just looking at what are some of the options and what are... Yeah, totally. Okay. So I want to just say a little bit about the readings that we're talking about, even on your website. So there's one type of reading just called the, um, manifestation blueprint reading. So sometimes people are a little confused, like what's all this, you know, um, oh, shit, what is it called? The, um, abundance. No, it's, it's the mat, not the magic. It's the, um, the most common manifestation. It's the secret, right? Most people oh, go yeah. home and they say, look, I'm like doing all these things with the secret. And you know, like I'm doing all those things, but what's happening, it's not really happening for me. And what am I doing wrong? And so I love giving this thing called a manifestation blueprint reading. This is information that I glean from your records. And it's about how you uniquely manifest in this world. And so there's seven different factors that we look, look at. And so with this particular reading, you got a really concrete understanding of how you, Taverly, or you listener, um, can go about manifesting in this world. It's not a form. It's not a magic form. Well, it's magic, but it's not a formula <laughs> that you go ABC. This is always going to work. It's right. It's artistry. It's, it's alchemy. It's gorgeous, but you have seven different ways that you can look at the manifestation process and see where you are in those diff seven different aspects and see which ones you might want to dial up, which ones you might need to turn down, etc. So that's one, one reading and why people come to me. Um, the other reading is the alignment reading. And that is, again, where we talked about people often feel out of alignment for some reason. So, for example, they might be with a partner and they're like, I love this person. They love me. But why isn't it that it's not working? Um, so they'll come to, to me with questions on relationships. They'll come with like money things like my family just seems to be in this pattern of, um, lack and scarcity and how I'm trying to get out of it, but how do I do that? Um, and sometimes we'll talk more about in a reading like that on alignment reading about ancestral lineage and what we've taken on by stepping into this particular line of ancestors. Sometimes ancestors actually show up and speak and talk and share information um, that's helpful for the, the person that I'm reading for. Um, there's relationships, money, and, um, life purpose. People want to just be doing, you know, they want to feel aligned and good about the work that they're putting in. They want to feel good about where they're putting their energy. And so sometimes, um, there's, information that they're seeking about their career or an idea that they've had. Um, is that helpful? Is that a yes, little bit more concrete? So. Yeah, I do. I do. You've covered so much in there and it's, I love that there's so many different options for people to access the information and have support and yep. um, all of the work that you produce is beautiful. And I know, cause I know you, I've experienced you. <laughs> and, I'm a Libra. <laughs> And I, and I also know that those that are listening, there are lots of people that 
have very specific areas that they feel they're out of alignment. And my invitation is for them to trust it. Mm-hmm. Trust what comes to them that doesn't feel in alignment with you. Yep. Even if you don't know why you feel that way, even if you don't have concrete answers, yep. when you go into any reading, especially with Didi, trust what doesn't feel in alignment. Yep, totally. And, you know, there's three there's three things that I often talk about also about the benefits of a reading. Um, the first one is that you get those soul level truths, right? Those little pings, you can get confirmation. Um, you can, or sometimes it's not even confirmation. You just get a new piece of information that helps you, um, make a different decision, right? So you get that soul level information or the truth. The second reason is to feel great. I always love to tell the story, Tav, of the first time I ever opened the Akashic Records for myself. I um, followed this woman's process, and I have no words. It's really hard to explain, but I'll do my best. When I opened up the records, all I felt was love, like unconditional love. And it literally brought me to tears because it felt so nourishing. And I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do, um, you know, it, it just was accessible. And so not everybody has that experience when they open the records. But for me, that is the beauty of the records. The, vi- the records vibrate on the frequency of love. So when we step into that space of your Akashic records, we're vibrating at the frequency of love. And so many beautiful things happen when we're vibrating the frequency of love, right? Healing happens. Truth becomes more apparent. I'll never forget this one time. I was doing a reading for an engineer and he had had a very tumultuous relationship with his father. And we opened up the records and he said he wanted to understand what it was, how his father could have left him when he was four. And um, in the records, I saw um, what had happened and I communicated that there was way more to his father dying or his father leaving him. Um which had to actually do with the dying of another sore. I won't give all the details, but suffice to say, this man wept. He wept because he could never conceive of any reason why his father could possibly leave him that would make sense. And so was it painful for him that his father left? Yes, but he gained this new perspective of... um, why somebody might possibly do something like that. And so that Mm. is the power. That is the healing power of love. It opened this man up to seeing it in a whole other way. Um, Powerful, powerful. Yeah. And so that's kind of the third reason that I often suggest people get readings is to gain clarity and perspective. When you're in that love field, so many things, more things are possible for us to see, for us to experience, for us to understand in a deeper soul level way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are kind of the three reasons. Getting your soul level truth, tapping into that heart space for healing, and then getting clarity and new perspectives. Right. Now, you mentioned that when you first opened the Akashic Records, Mm -hmm. I know that there's various levels of Akashic Records, and some of the courses available that people can take at the Moon Temple School Mm -hmm. is learning how to tap into their own Akashic Records. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that process? Because I know that what you do in your reading is really in-depth and it's deep, and is it possible for us to learn how to do that ourselves as well? Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I've had friends like, well, why would you want to teach people to do this? You're working yourself out of a job. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. Because this is not about me and work. This is about you stepping into your power and what learning 
to step into your own Akashic Records is an empowering thing for you to do. So level one, we go into how do I open my own records? How do I know? So it, it really is, <laughs> it's as easy. So the process that I use that I teach people is three parts. It involves prayer, it involves ritual, and it involves heart and breath. This is the third thing. And so um, it is a simple process and anyone can do it, but the, the genius of the level one course is helping you to trust yourself and trust what comes to you. Because I find a lot of times people are like, yeah, great, I opened it and nothing came. Well, usually they're not trusting what they are getting. Sometimes you sit in that space and that vastness because that's where you need to be. And that is, you. but you still need to trust that that is there. Some people start to get visions. Some people start to hear things. Some people start to see things or feel things or just have a knowing. Those things start coming, but it takes practice, right? It takes being able to sit down and center yourself and drop everything else, right? Drop all of those thoughts and ideas about what you think it should be and just be. And that's what level one does is help you just sit in the center of you and be. And it does it through meditation and intuitive practices. And you have a beautiful set of modules in that class that are just tr transformative. I mean, it's there are things you can repeat time and time again, and there's no timeline, right. which is why I like the way that your classes roll out, yeah. is that there's no timeline, that when someone signs up to take this particular course, it's going to be available to them to work through the modules. So you have time. Yes. And one thing, you know, in our own evolution spiritually, one thing that I know is really difficult for us in our human minds in the 3D world mm -hmm. is we want it now. Yeah. And right, it's that's 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 part of a capitalist society, right? That's part of the way that we are. It's the masculine, right? It's the task driven oriented. Whereas this process allowing yourself to let it unfold at what feels right is the most to me one of the most important things. Totally. So I have done Kundalini yoga for over a decade, and I actually credit that um, practice as helping me learn the meditation. So a lot of the tools that are offered there are tools to help you learn how to center through meditation, through mantra. Um, and it's, it's um, yes, and, and, and it, it can take time and it doesn't have to take time. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Well, to me, it does. Those that are listening, they're like, what? Wait, Wait we said minute. it takes time and it can go slow. It can take no time, right? It's everybody's on a different timeline. And is is time really a thing? I mean, that's, again, that's on our list. Our next we interview. We have a new, our next interview. Yes, yes. So level two is about learning to um, read others' um, records. Um, and that's a really beautiful um beautiful course as well. And then level three is about healing in the records. Um, I am pretty much self-taught. Um, I just started tuning in and, and into the records every day and that became my practice. And so I just sort of, I didn't really have teachers. I read a book called how to read in the Akashic records. And I know the author and actually wrote the copy for that book. Um, and is how I actually got introduced to the records um, but when I started showing up for myself and making that commitment of, of connecting to my soul consciously every day, things just started then flowing through me. And so that's how this course came to be is it just started flowing through me and I got idea after idea after idea and things just sort of started lining up and, and falling into the path. And, um, level three was about meditations that I received, um, when I was in the records doing work for people, all of a sudden these golden light beings started showing me different, um, sequences and I started seeing them in different readings. And so <laughs> that's how healing, although I would argue that just sitting in the space is healing. 
level three kind of dives into that a little bit more deeply for transformation. Even if you don't like the healing word, just think of it as transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Or attunement. Attunement. I like the word attunement. I like the way that you describe that because um, I, I do think that there is something to be said for the practice of learning how to just be in that space. And magical things do happen when you're in that space. And it's not easy. No. And when you get there, then all of these different ways that I teach, you don't really need. Like, honestly, we're in the records right now. You begin to see that everything is just energy. And now we're accessing because we're living it. (laughs) Yes, it is an etheric body of, of energy or field, but it's alive in me right here, right now. Right. So yeah, that, that's, that's master ship. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I'm a master cause I'm shy about those kinds of things. But what I'm just trying to illustrate here is that all of this is accessible to us anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And yet I understand a lot of people are not interested in learning it themselves or interested in having support to get through the process because they don't, they haven't experienced something like that on their own. It is a process. And I will say that you are a master. I will say that you have created the most profound access point in the work that you do that is so transformative that unless you've experienced it, it's very difficult to really be able to put to words to what it's like. And I will just say that if anyone that's listening mm. has this desire to look at where they're out of alignment or they already know that they are, but they cannot they cannot seem to swim through the fog, <laughs> let Dee Dee swim through the fog for you. Mm. She will be able to do that. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'd be honored. I always... I always consider readings an honor that people entrust me to help connect with their soul. It's, it's a very special thing. And I'm honored whenever anyone asks me to do them. Mm. Soul is very sacred. Yeah. I want to share if we, if we can, I think we have a few more minutes. I want to share one of the Akashic records that you tapped into and Mm -hmm. my experience um, and kind of leading up to it, how profound it was and and how we are talking about things that we do have access to, but aren't really sure how to navigate it. And even myself, you know, the work I do, there's still parts of this that tapping into where my soul has been is is new for me, although it's not, although it is, right? So (laughs) I I know people are like, what? What? You just said to the opposite. So here's an example. So I did a a meditation journey. um, I don't even know. I'm going to say something like six months ago. And in that journey, it's a journey where I use mugwort tea and I am led to a specific place and sort of left there where I experience what's happening in that time. I now believe that every time I do that journey, I'm experiencing where my soul has been. Mm. I didn't know that until our session. Okay, mm. so I, I I do that. That happens to me often, whether it's dream time, um, wakeful time, meditations. I am visiting places, and, and now I know that. And I, this is why I want to give that example. Yeah. So in one of these journeys, and if anybody has questions about journeys, just message me on the side. But I was <laughs> I, I did a ceremony with Mugwort, and in this journey, I came to myself as this warrior, this um, probably, I want to say, some type of first or second world war where I appeared in um, a military uniform and I was in an entire city where everyone had died. And I was still there and I had, you know, blood on my hands and I like had to walk up to this place, this castle where the people that were in charge wanted me to like sign the contracts of this battle one and what was lost. And I felt like my head was hanging and I walked through so many things and experienced it in my body. Like I was there mm-hmm. and I went in, I, I signed all the paperwork. And as I was leaving, I crossed paths with this older wise woman who said that I had given my heart away when I had led that troop through that battle. And so she literally out of her Mm. like cauldron pulled out this like bloody heart and gave me a heart Mm. and said, you'll need this. And so that was really powerful. Like I drew it, I wrote it. I was like, wow, like I, I can, I could totally feel that. 
And then when you and I had the reading, which was many months later, which you and I had never talked about these journeys. In fact, you and I haven't really talked about these journeys. Nope. One of the records that you went into was that I was a colonel in the army and totally. I had I had negotiated, tried to negotiate not leading my people into this war because I knew that I had insight. I had, I saw that they weren't going to survive and I didn't want to do it. And there was, I was learning something about following rules and I followed through on the rules at great sacrifice. And that heaviness sits in me like an implant. Mm. And you described, you described what I had actually already journeyed on, which I think that that's at the point in our reading when I told you I have no words because I was, all of that, I was actually went back to that place. Mm. And I had that feeling in my body of what it was like to be a leader of many of thousands of people in wartime and know that I was responsible for many people's death. Um, even though I knew it was coming, I yeah. also needed to, I, I was honoring those that were telling me what I needed to do. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's a really, that's a really, it was a really profound experience for me because I realized, well, wow, I already, I already went to that place, but I didn't know that that's, that that's what that was. So you, you brought it together and did I even tell you that when we when we had this conversation? Did I tell you that I had journeyed there? Oh, uh, uh, no, no, yeah. no. So your um, it, so for you, your prior journey plus what I had shared from the Akashic records shed light on. Um, can you bring to words again what it shed yeah. light on or how it married those two? Because I think that's important for people to hear. Yeah, it shed light that I, A, learned a lesson on being sovereign in my mm. decision and what I know, uh -huh. and B, also that there are certain situations that are destined to happen and we get to choose how much love we carry in the situation. Because if I would have stepped out of the role and not led those troops into that place, they would have just replaced me with someone else who may not have given two shits. Yeah, I did it and still gave two shits. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I feel like there was definitely a lesson in following orders. There was definitely a lesson in learning how to fight for what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. And 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 also the lesson was is that the third thing that I took from that is that, and this is heavy, but I always love to be an example, right, for my, my listeners to know that this has real impacts in our life. I often am aware that the leadership role I play in the Moon Temple Mystery School and the things that I do on this podcast, it's not always easy being out front and leading. Right. It's not easy. And and I, I have used words before like heavy. I've used words before like, you know, um, solo. Like it's it, it can often feel like a solo journey. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're so confident. You got it all together. You talk well. Well, yeah, I do all that. Yes. And... It's also not easy. And so I, I was able to, the, the third thing is just really honor that there have been many instances where I now understand why I carry that feeling in me of being a leader is often very challenging. And it's, it's, it's something to honor and have reverence for. Absolutely. And I love that you shared that because the reality is, is there are lifetimes when there are things due that we are difficult or that may be judged or deemed as wrong. Um, and that's so important to highlight here. I want your listeners to know that there are lifetimes that suck, that look awful, but, but we bring it all to light in a non-judgmental way. When we start to understand that we're really all here learning to be more divine, more heart-centered, um, that is that is the work that we're all here to do, is to live more into love. And sometimes in order for us to understand the love, we have to go through the difficulties. Um, we have to step into those lifetimes that don't appear as love. Does that make sense? I really, yeah. because sometimes people always think, oh, great, I'm going to see these awesome, like, past lives. And the truth is, is, like, shit comes up. Like, people have been accused in other lifetimes of killing other people or, you know, rape or, you know, some of these awful, heavy things that happen. And it's not a justification. This is something that I had to learn is that... When we can take this higher perspective and know that there are souls that are growing and evolving, that we're all part of this together, that we're all playing in this script, 
that we're calling life, that we start to see that it's all divine. And it's, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. And, all, all and, that, that, and that's why I share that story because to me that was – I didn't see any of that as bad or judgmental. I didn't I didn't see any of it that way. Like actually that's not at all how I felt. I felt comfort in knowing that I learned in that lifetime and that I did it with integrity. Like even though I went through something very difficult, I also had led with integrity. And let's just go back to the fact that this woman gave me a live bleeding heart. Right. Like that piece comes up a lot for me because I'm like that just also reminds me that I've had guidance all along the path. Yep. 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 And I wanted to share that more for your listeners, because I think that you had that connection, but from an outsider perspective, especially for somebody who's new coming to this, it can be like, you know, judgmental. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, we all have it. (laughs) Like it or not. I like to say we, let's go back to what we originally started with. Yes. Right. Which is that transformation and doing this work and really understanding and stepping into deeper soul truths is not always easy. It's not easy, but so worth it. Because for me, I understand so much more about myself right now today in this moment and yeah. have a greater level of confidence knowing what I know. Like I just, yeah. knowledge is power, right? Yeah. Knowledge is, is internally, knowledge is power and knowledge is love. Knowledge is self-love. Like there's there's so many things that make it the path worth it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh my gosh, my friend. Well, I love talking to you so much always. Mm, This has been amazing. And I'm really excited for those of you that are listening to dive into some of Didi's teachings. Um, All of her information is available at themoontempleschool.com. And if it's not up there yet, it will be soon. Her (laughs) one-on-one sessions will probably be up first. I don't know when this comes out because as many of you that have been following the show know that I've made lots of changes to the show that more match the flow of my life and yeah. my heart. And so this will come out when it comes out. And so if it's not there yet, um, Didi, is there another place that people could reach you if for whatever reason they can't get to moon, get to you on moontempleschool.com? Yep. Where else can they find you? They can find me on my website at Didi Haig. That's H-A-E-G.com. So Didi Haig, all one word, dot com. Perfect. And how about any social media links? Oh yeah. Pleasure code is, um, on Instagram and then pleasure community on Facebook. Love it. Well, my friend, Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to do a quick thing for those of you listening. I know that you cannot see me, but I'm rubbing my hands together. So if you're in a place where you can do that, please wherever you are, hopefully not driving, wherever you are, rub your hands together and just put them out in front of you, facing away from your heart. And we're just going to blast Didi with love. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Gorgeous. And so Didi, like however long this show is out, you're going to be getting all this love. No, thank you listeners. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. those of us listening, regardless of what platform you are listening to this on, make sure that you leave us a rating and review because it helps us reach lots more people. And it's really simple for you to click the stars, give us a couple of comments, and we really appreciate that. Thank you for listening, and we will be back. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.